Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick, and guess what? You guys are listening to The Jim Bob Show. Hey, this is Wayne Larrabee, and you're listening to Roar on WGN. Hey, this is Jim McMahon, and you're listening to The Jim Bob Show. I had to pop a beer for this one. Hello, boy. Yeah. Hey, this is Brian Urlacher, and you're listening to The Jim Bob Show. That's awesome. Oh, that's then, it. How about one? This is Brian Urlacher. I'm not a bitch. <laughs> no. That's about <laughs> that it. I say this and I tell this our kids that well, you always got to be ready to have a backup plan because you don't know what's going to happen. The only reason I ended up with the Cowboys talking to Jerry Jones, it was, hey, if you can play, you're going to sign. <laughs> you know, we're flying in, you're playing in the game tomorrow. And, and I literally flew in and had to play that next day just to try to make the team. 720 WGN High atop Chicago in the Skyline Studio and Jim Bob on the line. We have a guy who is a first-round draft pick for the Green Bay Packers. He is a beloved player for the Dallas Cowboys and a national champion for it seems like the perennial and always national champion, Alabama Crimson Tide. It is the one and only George Teague. Welcome, George. Glad to have you on the show. Well, it's very good to connect with you guys and get to talk a little northern football. It's starting to get cold up there, I believe. <laughs> I'm in Texas right now. Yeah. Now, so let's just get caught up right now. So are you're in Texas. You're living there. And and uh, I read where you're like the athletic director of uh, high school there. Yeah, that's true. So after, you know, I ended up, um, although I did get drafted by the Green Bay Packers, which I absolutely love, ended up retiring as a Dallas Cowboy and, and calling his home. So after I retired, I ended up starting to do some high school coaching, uh, became an athletic director and 20 years later, I'm still doing it here at John Paul II High School in Plano, Texas. Now, do you feel, and that's one of the things that's been a topic of conversation, is the difference in like the way that coaches can coach the players of today, different sensibilities, different sensitivities, right? How do you see it as a guy who's played at the highest level, college at the highest level, on the you know had to deal with a lot of different coaches, and then being uh, in and around that today, are the players different? You know, it's definitely tough. Uh, so of the 20 years I told you I was athletic director, 17 of those I was a high school football coach. You know, some of the reasoning why I'm not necessarily coaching anymore is because, you know, you got to make adjustments. you got to change it. The times are different, how you can coach kids, what you can say, what you can't do. NILs, transferring, whether it's in high school or, you know, you hear about it in college, but it happens in high school too. So it's a pretty big adjustment you got to make um, if you're an older coach trying to get caught up with the new times of what that's really looked like. There's states now that have NIL deals for high school players. No, you know what, George? We had a, we had the conversation yesterday. I was on the phone with my athletic director, Gene Taylor, at Kansas State, and we were talking about, you know, they had, I guess, like 11 kids enter the portal. And, you know, with this NIL and so forth, I, I will tell you, you've got to have a full-time strategist you know, on the uh, on your staff to basically monitor the portal and, and monitor everything that's going on with NIL and so forth. Or I'll tell you what, you could turn over a third of your roster. Yeah, it, it's sad. It, it makes me not, hard to buy jerseys and different things because the guys might be gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the next, next year, and I just wish guys would go to a school and ladies, not any, you know, but portals basically football and basketball, I guess the most, but I just wish it was back to the old days where you went to a school because you really wanted to play for that school 
and not necessarily the dollar or something. I think that's a product of it. I, I have no issues with guys making money or stuff off their name and image. But still, seems like there should be attachment to the to the university that you go to. I I agree, and you know, kids today. I mean, they they basically there's really you know some of these nil deals are so loose. There's no contracts. There's no commitment from them. I think it's very difficult to be a a college coach or like you're saying, even today a a, a big time uh, athletic program in high school. I think it's difficult. I think it's more hard than people really think. You know, as a fan, you only just hear all oh, they're leaving, but you don't you don't know what those staff meetings are like. You know, and I'm I'm here as athletic director, and I know about guys that are leaving and trying to visit other schools, and it's not even about money; it's just them leaving, looking for better or different opportunities because they're not playing enough or don't like something that the coach said or something that one of the players said. Who knows? Whatever triggered them, and so you, you lose what we always try to talk about the loyalty to your teammates and to your coaching staff and to the school that you're at. That's, that's just kind of going by the wayside. When it comes to loyalty, I don't think there's a fan base more loyal to their team than the Alabama fans, right? Roll tide. You hear it all over the place and you were a big part of that. And you talk about that. I mean, from the college football side, a team or somebody that would say, Hey, it's not broke. Don't fix it. We don't need any help. Alabama would be there. Your thoughts on the NIL, with Alabama, when it first was being discussed, people were like, okay, well, this is going to give other teams an opportunity to, to compete, right? Compete against them, and this may be tough for Alabama. Your thoughts on just how it affects some of those bigger, established, and successful schools? Uh, yeah, the fan base. So, so let me give give another shout-out to my uh, Packer folks with that because I'll, I know I hadn't mentioned this to you guys before, but it's – the way Alabama and Green Bay are set up, they're very similar. And that's why I was very thankful that I left because of the rich traditions that Alabama has and the rich traditions that Green Bay has. I always talk about that. Being able to ride those bikes down the hill with people. I'm still friends with the guy who was, you know, eight years old, nine years old. <laughs> he was riding a bike that we were just talking to each other, you know, 30 years later. It's pretty cool, uh, right? And so that does kind of affect when you're talking about Alabama and the traditions and people wanting to come there. What Saban is have to do to try to keep a team together, to try to keep a staff together is, is crazy, uh, ridiculous, because I know when I was growing up, you know, I was a military brat, so I wasn't necessarily attached to the university growing up saying I always wanted to go to school there. But once I had that love for it, that's where I wanted to be. My coach left after the first year. I could have transferred out, could have left. Uh, that was a Bill Curry, but I had, I knew why I went to the University of Alabama. It was to play football for the University of Alabama, and I wanted to graduate from the University of Alabama, no matter how difficult it was going to be. And, and um, you you had Gene Stallings as as your coach, you know, your entire career there, and and Gene. You know, uh, another famous Dallas Cowboy. Do you run into him ever uh, on your travels there in Texas? Uh, yeah, I do. We kind of see each other. You know, he has a ranch out in Paris. But I see him uh, in Bama around here, try to keep up with him. He he still tries to make sure that we're, we're doing right. He, he's a great secondary kind of father figure. Yeah, and, he, you know, his his term, when Gene was coaching, exactly what you're talking about. And so Nick Saban, he was my position coach when, when I went to the Houston Oilers. And, and so, you know, I, I look at what Nick has to do today, you know, to keep it all together in Alabama, way different than what 
Gene had to do. I mean, everybody at Alabama was committed. You went to a bowl game. Everybody was playing. Nobody was sitting out. Didn't matter if you were going to be a number one draft choice or anything like that. Is that, boy, times have really changed uh, in our football world. Yeah, well, did, I don't know if you've seen any of the posts where Nick Saban is actually having to crank his Ferrari up and Mercedes and all that just so the guys can hear. It's not even have anything to do with, you know, whether or not you want to play for the man or not. You know, it was an honor just to have coaches in your house. Mm-hmm. Back then. You know, you know you really meant something. And now it's like guys are asking for money to go on official visits. That's crazy to me, man. How are you going to pay them to come visit the university? You know, you should want to be there. So, Nick Saban has done a tremendous job. You, you got to stay ahead of the game. He's doing better than some other coaches because, you know, you still got to compete with Georgia and Tennessee and everybody across the country yeah. um, because everybody's looking for a handout. For Teague's take, and that is, of course, one of your things we'll have a link up at WGNRadio.com and, and other great stations around the country for that. But what's your take on, obviously, for Alabama fans and for you, you probably, hey, it worked out, right? You're in the playoffs, but... Florida State fans are going crazy. What is, what's your thought on the college football playoffs? It's a little different than it was when you played. Now there's a playoff, and, and you know a team that goes undefeated wins the conference, not in. <laughs> Y'all can't see the big smile I got on here because of all the chatter that I've had to have about, you know, there's a lot of times on my show, like you said, Teague's Take. Uh, it's a podcast we do on Wednesday nights uh, live on YouTube, 8.15 p.m. Central Time. And I was talking about this that, First of all, I just think they they did a they as in the college football playoff committee. I don't know why they didn't have six teams in it from the beginning. You got five power divisions. Why you only want to take four? So somebody was going to get left out. It was, it was already doomed to fail in one sense. But I think the way that Florida State was playing, it wasn't good enough. I'm sorry, we've we've committed. Um, it wasn't good enough after they lost their quarterback. Let me put it that way. I think if they would have had a quarterback, they would have did. Alabama would have been out. That's just not the way it is. There's a criteria there that they followed. No, some people don't like it, but you know what? I was sitting back cheesing as an Alabama fan. Cheesing. You see how I threw my uh, Green Bay Packer thing in there? Again. (laughs) I was sitting there. I was happy and giddy just because I knew we were going to have to beat Georgia to even get in. And I felt like if we did that, we'd have a good chance to slide in in front of Florida State. The uh, big moments, you know, on the college football side, big moments are happening all the time. Knew we were going to get a chance to talk with you. I, you know, Jim Bob played for the Packers. I'm, you know, I'm a longtime Packer fan. Of course, we have dual citizenship in here in Chicago, and obviously the Bears are, well, they're typically pretty terrible, but they're, you know, they're sort of surging, right? But I remembered one of those great moments with you was was that pick six that you had against the Lions. Do you have people like, what What are some of the plays that George Teague has over the course of your NFL career that people keep bringing up again and again? It's still a record, by the way, postseason record at Green Bay, 101 yards. Yes. Yeah. It is. So um, I appreciate that. Uh, so I do get a lot of talks about that 101-yard interception return in the playoff game against Detroit. It's actually pinned on my – no, I'm sorry. That's not one. I actually got, I actually got one pinned where I was actually playing – at the Cowboys against Brett Favre, and I intercepted one and took it back 95 yards. <laughs> that was my first year here at the Cowboys when we played Green Bay. So so we talk about the interception return, 101 yards. The second one in the pros is probably me hitting Terrell Owens at the star. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. 
that that everybody everybody remembers that because that's still played constantly. <laughs> I was on. I saw yeah. it the other day. They were they were talking about it. Um, I, I got a question though in regards to you. You had a a pretty long career in the NFL. So when you were at the pack, uh, I remember when when you were there. We the El Bandito Yankee. We have a suite there, and I've had a suite. You know, pretty much since I stepped away from the game back in in uh, in 1990. But uh, watched a lot of you and so forth. What happened uh, with the Packers? You you had you know you had a, a thyroid issue and and you'd lost some weight and so forth. In '95, how, how'd you get to the Falcons? What what transpired? I forgot how that how that came about. Yeah, yeah, most people. That's kind of a dark memory that I tend to not talk about too much. So this would be good that I actually. So the Packers actually traded me. To the Falcons. It was real quick. It was real sudden. You know, as a player, how those trades go sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you may know, sometimes you don't. I didn't know at all. It was like the day before training camp was going to start. For like two days, I got a call from uh, Ron Wolf, and he said, Hey, I just want to let you know before you before you see it on ESPN, we just traded you to, to the Falcons. And I was like, What? You know, uh, what was the rationale? What was the rationale on that, George? Well, you know, they said they wanted to go in a different direction because I did ask the question. I wanted to know what happened, you know, what I'd do or not do or something. And just said, hey, you know, we're just going in. I don't know. It could have been because of a previous back injury that I had because I had the disc herniation. Mm-hmm. You, you spoke of the um, thyroid issue. I'd recovered from that, but I did have, you know, some, some stuff going on with my back. And so that could have been, um, you know, part of it. But it was a... A hard time because we really, really got settled in the Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by what, the way, since you have a box up there, I'm going to go ahead and ask for my, my two tickets for me and my wife to come up. You're welcome anytime, buddy. You are 100% <laughs> welcome. In fact, come on this weekend. We got Tampa Bay coming into town. Uh, I'll have a reserved seat for you and your wife. You can come on in, man. You're always welcome. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. And then um, what if, uh, so like, was Jerron your coach? Was he, was Dick still there? Yeah, Dick Duran was a DB coach. Yeah, uh, when I got there, uh, he was there. Mariucci was there. Yeah, uh, Ray Rhodes. Yeah, pretty pretty good. Uh, yeah, Dick was my believe Andy it or not. Reed. Yeah, Andy Dick Reed too. Yeah, yeah, the Dick was my coach too. And so you know, when you first get into the league, I tell everybody they go, "What's it like?" I go, "It's just, I mean." You kind of grow with it as a player, you know. You go from you know junior high, you go into high school, and the speed's different. And you get to college, and then you get to the pros. I mean, everything to me was fast. I mean, practice was fast, drills were fast, and it was everything was quick, 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 step, step, step. Even when we went over assignments, I thought that was fast. So I wanted to get your take. A lot of people talk about, you know, the, well, the game slows down for you. I never thought the game slowed down. <laughs> No, it doesn't slow down. You're absolutely, you're 100% correct. Great analysis because I remember sitting in the meetings and the coordinator comes stand up there and he whipped through the, what we're about to put in and like, 38 seconds flat. Yeah. And you're supposed to remember this. You're like, what? What just happened here? What? 100%, <laughs> man. Go back. <laughs> no, that's exactly. I'd be, in, I'd be in meetings and Gerard would put stuff up on the board and he'd put it up and boom, done. And I go, what did we just do? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even remember what we did on, on cover three last week. And now you're putting in the, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, everything is so fast. Um, 
But uh, I, so I followed your career because everybody who's a Packer and come up there and you were, you know, obviously a great player in college and national champion. And, and Gene Stallings was one of my favorite guys. I, I like Gene as a coach. Um, I didn't get a, you know, play for him or, or anything like that, but I always just liked his, his style when he was interviewed and he just came off as a quality guy to me. And so, you know, I, I followed your career and, and I wasn't for sure what happened because, you know, you get to Atlanta and that didn't work out. And, and that was kind of crazy because, you know, about right then, you know, your career could have just been over. And I tell people a lot of times, I, I go, man, I'll tell you, somebody goes, well, you didn't have a very long career uh, in professional football. And I go, no, but again, if Forrest Gregg stays at Green Bay, I probably played for six years. You know, it's just one of those type of deals. And so, you know, you get waived by Atlanta and then you end up getting picked up as a free agent by the Cowboys in, in 96. And, and tell us about, you know, because you had a couple stints there. So I want to hear about that first stint uh, and then, you know, your second stint, uh, because your first stint was brief. It was very brief. And, you know, the, it was I'm glad you said that because most people miss that. They only know the guys that played on a team for 15 years or 12 years or something and retired for them. They don't realize the struggles that some of us go through just to try to make it you know, yeah. past four. So when I got cut three weeks later after being tra- traded from um, Green Bay to Atlanta, the only reason, and I say this and I tell this to our kids, and why you always got to be ready to have a backup plan and all this kind of stuff because you don't know what's going to happen. The only reason I ended up with the Cowboys Honestly, is because they had a safety that was hurt. Yeah, two safeties that hurt. Yeah, they Both brought of their you. Backup safety yeah. was hurt. They brought you in to help on the, on the nickel and dime. Backup. Yep, they brought me in for that. And I talked. I remember talking to Jerry Jones. It was uh, Dave Campbell was on the phone. But anyway, it was, hey, if you can play, you're gonna sign. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're flying in. You're playing in the game tomorrow. You know, this kind of thing, like you crash course. And and I literally flew in and had to play in the last uh, preseason game that next day just to try to make the team. Um, and so that's why I was only there for that one year. I was really just be there for a backup. Well, yeah. I played well enough because the, the safety that was in front of me, Brock Marion, ended up getting hurt. So I moved into the starting position. And then that's how I ended up in Miami after that because they still saw some value. Uh, Jimmy Johnson and I didn't get along in Miami, and that's how I ended up coming back to to the Cowboys afterward. That's interesting because, like, what was the deal with Jimmy? What, why didn't you get along with him? Uh, well, you know, Jimmy, his style of coaching, I think he needed – he wanted to be around guys. This is my, my take, right, that he was such a fear-tactic type of motivational person. Like, he, like anybody that was self-motivated, he can't really – get along with if i'm going to put it that way uh-huh. he didn't need to push me the same way i was going to be at work i was going to try to do everything right but it was always something in your ear you know like oh you gotta do this and yet you know just picking at you all the time right and um i don't know i just kind of bucked the system i guess a little bit like hey bro you know i'm not gonna be late i'm not missing anything or something and he, he literally like just benched me in the middle of the season at miami for what i thought was no reason it just a uh, and I asked him about it. I said, man, why am I not playing? He's like, same thing. Oh, I just want to try a different combination, just see if we'd be any better. And I was like, whoa. So, <laughs> you know, I didn't make a mistake. No, no, no. I just want to move this corner over here to play safety. Then I had a bad attitude. I, I was I was, I was, was not very effective uh, at practice. So at the end of the season, he caught me in the weight room and he said, hey, I want you to take a pay cut. 
And we had a conversation, no agent, nothing, right there in the weight room in off season. I said, pay cut. I said, how much are you talking about? He said, well, uh, I want you to go to, to minimum salary. And I said, I'm not doing that. I said, that's not a pay cut. That's, <laughs> you know, that's like cut of something. He's like, well, that's what your option is. And I said, well, if, what, what if I don't take that? He said, well, we, you know. That's the only option you got. You can go find another team, see if you can get more money. If you don't, you can come back and play for minimum. Say, well, when's this uh, going to happen? He said, we can make it happen today. Uh, I went and got my stuff out of the locker room, and I was back a free agent, you know, within 30 minutes. Wow, just to think that the coaches would be doing that and having that conversation. That seems like there'd be someone else in on on that. So for that to happen in the weight room, well, you think about some, some of the connections between, like, you know, Green Bay and Dallas. Obviously, you... And then present day, current time, and of course you can you can see George here, George on Teague's Take on Wednesdays on YouTube. Again, we'll have links up for that. Is is McCarthy? Is Mike McCarthy right? And so we have talked during the season about the Cowboys. They have had seasons where they have gotten out to good starts, had good runs, but in the playoffs, it always seems to kind of collapse. What's Teague's take on this year's Cowboys? Yeah, I think they're in a lot better position. Um, I think Mike McCarthy has found a different switch to try to help motivate. Um, Dak Prescott and having him playing at the level that he's playing at. I did have the opportunity to go uh, be with them uh, during the quarterback camp and some of the training camps, so I got to sit in on the meetings and things, and the way he operates and is around the guys is just, it's more like what you kind of want to feel, you know, the not making this soft, but the love and the compassion that he had for the guys and the motivation and saying, hey, you know, Kellen Moore isn't here anymore. I'm calling the offense. we got to be able to get this done. Um, and so um, you see a lot of motivational tactics um, with him that might be different, I think, than like what I was talking about with Jim Johnson or something, I think, is allowing the guys to play for him in a different way. So I feel good about it, man. Um, I think beating the Seahawks and then – having a convincing win over the Eagles this past week. I think if we do it again against Buffalo this yeah, Sunday. Yeah, and that's what I want to know because I'll tell you what is that I thought the Cowboys, um, you see some of those TikTok videos and the ESPN interviews where, hey, man, we just hit them in the blankety-blank mouth and then we hit them in the blankety-blank mouth again and again. And I thought the Cowboys were really physical on that defensive front against that front line of, of Philly. And I did think the Cowboys beat them up. I mean, like beat them up. And, and so my deal is, you know, they're going up to that cold weather. I mean, you can tell when, when Dallas is in Dallas, I mean, that, that team speed really shows up on that turf. And so what's it going to be like in Buffalo where it's going to be cold and, you know, are those guys going to want to, you know, I mean, get after They just beat up Philly. I got to tell you, I think Dallas is playing extremely well, extremely well at home and on their field. But going to Buffalo, as you know, is uh, that's a different game. It is. And I, I think they're running going to be ready. And it's hard to play in the cold, brother. I tell you, man, golly, it's, it hurts, <laughs> right? But I think what we have is uh, a coach in Dan Quinn who's going to be able to at least coach him up and put him in position to be able to slow digs down and try to figure out how to get good matchups with Kincaid, you know, and those guys. Um, the secret weapon, I think, is Al Harris, who actually played up in Green Bay in the corner, um, and what he's doing with the defensive backs here. you got to think about what he did with Trayvon Diggs, you know, a guy that had 13 interceptions or something. Now you got Deron Bland sitting at eight already. Um, 
Yeah, it's a lot of natural ability there, but you got to think about what what your coach is doing to help you get in that position. Um, and so I think that's going to be able to help us try to slow down Josh Allen a little bit. The only part I'm really worried about is because we, we haven't been very good against quarterbacks who could run. So I hope that, uh, you know, we figure out how to spy him, uh, Josh, and uh, mm-hmm. try to control his legs just as much as his arms. Yeah, I agree with all that. And it's I think it's going to be a telltale. Uh, this is a game that, that uh, just because of circumstances, that Dallas could lose this game. Uh, it, we're going to see how tough Dallas really is mentally. Uh, and, you know, they'll get primed up for the playoffs. This is this is not a playoff game for Dallas, but it sure is for, for Buffalo. They need this win, and, and that's going to be a high-intense uh, atmosphere up there. I, I wanted to go back to something uh, real quick here, George, is that so Barry Switzer was one of my favorite dudes. Uh, I met him in college, and he coached, coached at Oklahoma when I was playing at Kansas State, and and I got to sit down and, and visit with him a couple different times, and I really enjoyed him. How did you like your time with him as as your coach? <laughs> I loved him, man. He's so down to earth. I don't know. I know he's a great coach and all that kind of stuff. But he came into a different light with me one time when he actually did something with my brother. He didn't even know it. My brother, who was at one of our games in the Dallas Cowboys, he was actually just leaning on the wall smoking a cigarette after the game. And uh, Barry Switzer, who doesn't know who he is? Now, my brother's not the most appealing type of dude like you're going to walk up to him, but Barry Switzer did said, hey, can I bum a cigarette from you? <laughs> from my brother. And my brother gave him the, the cigarette, right? And Barry went on, got in his car, went on. This is, after, you know, post-game. And I, I'm watching it from afar. And I, I go to my brother's like, hey, do you know who that was? I just asked you for a cigarette. He, he didn't have any idea. He just like, nah, man, somebody just wanted a cigarette. I'm like, dude, that's the head coach, man. Just walking up to you. you know, that's he so for an autograph, a picture, or nothing. That's so funny. It's, I got to tell you a good story. So this is good. You'll love this. So, so Dane and I are at the Chicago NASCAR street race, and, and we do some bunch of sponsorships in, in auto racing with El Bendito Yankee. And, and so we're up on Michigan Ave, up about 10 floors up in this. This, this building that's kind of deemed a suite for, for the Chicago street race. And so Dane's wife, uh, Esther's there, and Emmett Smith is in the same suite with us. And we're talking to Emmett and visiting with him, and you know we're going to have him on the show and everything. But so Esther goes, oh, I just met the guy from Dancing with Stars. <laughs> She didn't. She didn't know he was a football player, and she only knew him from Dancing from Stars. And, and I'm like, going, "Are you? Come on, Dave." Because I, I, I said, I, I go, Emmett Smith, of course, the, the all-time leader, in National Football League in rushing yards. And I said, "Emmett, we're going to see Emmett Smith." And she goes, "Who? Oh, the Dancing with the Stars guy." <laughs> that was so. <laughs> Well, well, George, I know that that you got to run and start your day, but the very, very last thing is a guy who played in the Central Division. Your thoughts are a lot of upheaval, right? Aaron leaves, and the whole thing is up for grabs. Like Your thoughts on the Packers, Jordan Love, if you're watching it from afar? Yeah, it's been pretty impressive um, to watch him. So I did get a chance to meet Jordan Love and uh, Thunder Thighs. What's his name? (laughs) A.J. Dillon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dillon, yeah. That we do. So we did a we do a I do a softball game in Rockford outside of Chicago up there. We try to raise money for a boys and girls club um, mm. 
up there. So it's kind of cool to be able to do that. Brought some Packers and some some Bears, and we normally do it in um, June or July. Last year it was like July. Anyway, um, my point is I'm around them, so I really like to watch them and really see what they kind of do. And when seeing Jordan Love trying to make this transition, I was scared. I'm telling you, you know, playing behind a Brett Favre and then, a, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, what is the next guy going to be? And it's pretty impressive to kind of see his growth and how they're actually trying to use him to make him the most successful. Um, and what I've noticed just from studying a little bit is how much they're actually using him on play action to be able to create create the passes for him Um where he's feeling comfortable moving around a little bit. So I love their defense. You know, there's, there's nothing, there's hardly anything ever flashy about the Packers. Just always find a way to get it done. Um, and so my my second favorite team, I guess I can say, is the Packers. I, I like what they're doing. I wish they could try to get some stuff going with Aaron um, Jones a little bit more, A.J. <laughs> Dillon, to try to get the running game just a little bit more explosive. It's successful, but... You got, don't you guys, hadn't the Packers like played rookies like all over the field? Like, yeah, they're the youngest, they're the, they're the youngest uh, team in the NFL. In fact, the offensive line is only averages 25 years of age. So it's the youngest line in the NFL. And so that coupled with, you know, I, I've been pretty critical of him uh, a little bit because, you know, he's, he watched uh, Aaron for a long time and, and he got in, and, and I felt that he was hesitant on just letting it go, man. Just, you know, cock it back and release. And I think that he, oh, the last three games I watched him, he's gotten really better on his release. He's he's more fluid. Uh, I think those first few games, he was just a little bit, you know, kind of shell-shocked about, okay, hey, I see it, but I don't want to I don't want to commit to it. Now he's he's letting it go. And, like, if you watch the game against the, the Giants, he had a little bit of difficulty. I don't know. Um, that stadium there is a little weird the way the wind swirls in there. He had a lot of floating balls, and, and some of that was him. And I think some of that was just, you know, that place is tough to to, to get an accurate pass in. But uh, they should not have lost that Giants game to that Giants team. And I think that, that was probably the nail in the coffin for the Packers in their playoff hopes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They sent the blitz after him quite a bit. He wasn't getting blitzed a lot throughout the year, but the Giants did. Yeah, they did. They put a lot of pressure. I thought, and I thought we, I thought the Packers should have put a lot more pressure on Devito. I mean, you know, he's here's a guy coming in. I mean, you know, like the fourth string, and uh, I would blitz the crap out of him. I mean, he, I would, he'd be walking back to the huddle, and we'd be blitzing him. <laughs> anybody, anybody named Devito, I'm coming after him. I can't let him be thinking about nothing. No, <laughs> George, it's, it's been great having you on. Before we let you go, give information where people can follow you, social media, and, of course, Teague's Take. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. If you guys could uh, give me a quick follow on at Teague's Football. I'm sorry, at Teague Football. No S, at Teague Football on Twitter and Instagram. Try to put out some good content, information. There's a lot of it's football, but a lot of it's just about life and having fun and joking. I do interact with everybody. Um, and then through there, you can also learn about Teague's Take Podcast. We're doing it on Wednesday nights. Right now, it's heavy Alabama stuff. But what most people love is that we actually break down film, uh, play film. So if you're just trying to learn the game, you might not like Alabama, but you can learn about plays, what a counter is, what's a jet sweep, what's, you know, what are we doing on this defense? So yeah. we try to educate a little bit there um, and have a good time. You can find us on YouTube, Teague's Take Podcast on YouTube.
Thank you, buddy. Hey, well, quick before you go, is that uh, Alabama, Michigan, and I, I got a feeling that you're going to tell me this. Uh, who Who's going to win that game? Um, Let me guess. Let me think real hard. <laughs> is there any Oh, roll tide, roll tide. <laughs> Alabama. <laughs>